Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, and my mom and co-host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, is not with us today, so I will be doing this solo. And um, we are in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. So I am interviewing today a man named Michael Kravinsky, and he has worked for 29 years with ABC News in Washington, D.C. as the editor and technical director, and he's received many, many awards for the work he's done. Today, he writes and directs narrative films. His current feature film is called Nothing to Do, which is the story of the family dynamics when caregiving for an aging parent happens. And this film actually was a finalist at Synquist Screenplay Competition in San Jose and an honorable mention at the Tracking Bee Screenplay Competition in Los Angeles. So welcome to our show, Mike. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Heidi. How did you morph into being the, the writer and the director of, of these films that you've been doing? Well, it was actually uh, the uh, kind of a natural progression for me. I left uh, ABC, um, the downsizing of news and all that, and I took a buyout. And uh, in 2013, uh, I took that money uh, and looking for what's next in my professional life, because uh, mm-hmm. I'm still pretty young, and I decided to do the, the, the next step of storytelling or the next step of, of being a storyteller, you know, from documentaries and real life to narratives uh, that are uh, based on my own personal experience in life. So I, I write and direct both films. I know nothing to do is very personal for you. My father, uh, when he was in his 90s, uh, moved down from Philadelphia uh, to live with my brother. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, you know, at 100 years old, he, wow. you know, it was, yeah, it was amazing. It uh, it, you know, it was just the end. And uh, I had left ABC uh-huh. and I had the time to care for him. And so I became the primary caregiver and he moved in with me and my wife, uh, Lisa. And, uh, you know, we, we were the ones that cared for him and were there at the end for him. People say, what, what, what was it like? And I say, yeah. you know, the only word I can use is profound. Wow. Uh, because, you know, you know, the, you know he was the, 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 the guy, the, the, both my parents, you know, strength and, you know, the people you looked up to and stuff like that. And now they have like, you know, they completely rely on you for everything for, at the end. And to me, it was just to be there at the end and to help him at the end, um, you know, although it's really sad and it was really tragic, it was also just this amazing life experience that I'm just so glad I was a part of. And I imagine you felt extremely connected to him because it sounds like the emotions were pretty high. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, uh, just using like writing the screenplay for nothing to do. uh, I had done a previous film and I wanted to do another one. And um, but I and I wanted to write something. I was looking at screenplays, but I wanted to really wanted to write something from the heart. And I was having all sorts of trouble. I was having, creating all sorts of odd little stories and nothing seemed to work. And my wife, Lisa, basically said, why don't you write about your dad? 
mm-hmm. and being there for your dad at the end. And all of a sudden, you know, this story came out. Wow. Uh, I, I was able to do the, I think, 110 page screenplay in uh, like a month. And wow. then, uh, uh, and then about it, it took about another year and maybe 23 or 24 drafts later before I felt that it was, I felt good enough to start submitting it to festivals and considering making it a film. So at the end of his life, knowing that, you know, he was coming to the end, did you feel like you were able to prepare or to say things to him that you hadn't said before? Or did you feel like you were holding hope that he would continue to live forever? No, at the end, you know, as I had mentioned, he was a hundred and, um, you know, so there was no, the, the, the doctors were basically saying, this is, this is it. Everything's shutting down. And, uh, so, but at the same time, which is also, uh, um, you know, dramatized in the film, there's a moment where, uh, uh, you know, somebody wants to try one more thing just to keep their loved one alive. Right. You know, when the loved one really doesn't want to, you know, they're done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that, that's actually a big um, issue with families. Uh, at the end, there's always somebody who wants to do something to continue their lives because they don't want to see them go. But then there's um, somebody says, let, just let mom or dad do what they want. Yes. And, and so there's a lot of, usually a lot of tension. You know, in our case, my brother and I and my father were all on the same page. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we knew that he was going to go, you know, actually it didn't seem, I thought it was going to be a month, but it was two weeks. Wow. And, you know, I was there like every day. And I mean, you know, I know other people go through this for a much longer period of time. And I can imagine how stressful that is. Mm-hmm. But for those, you know, a little more than two weeks, you know, every day, every minute of the day, I was basically caring for him or, you know, it, we used the opportunity to have a lot of conversations that we might not have had, had he been healthier. And was there uh, which, was hospice in your home or was it you, just you and your wife with him? No, it was in our home and it was my wife and I, but it was also my brother, you know, okay. I mean, he doesn't live too far and, uh, you know. But, but you he, didn't have hospice, did you? Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, you did? Oh yeah, we we had okay. uh, we had had you know had a hospice uh, coordinator and all of that mm-hmm. stuff and and uh, they showed up every day just to you know give you a pep talk. They're very yeah. amazing, you know, you know the the support that they give you. And at the very end, when it looked like it was happening, I was just kind of freaking out and mm-hmm. um, you know, and I called them and I said, "You got to get over here, you know, the hospice people. You got to get over here. I can't handle this." But in the end, I was able to handle it. You know, I was there and all she did, you know, the hospice coordinator uh, was just stand there. And I was able to do everything on my own, you know, to just sit there and watch that last breath, Yeah. you know, which, and it's not like anything you see in Hollywood. It's unbelievable. It's just this peaceful, quiet, you know, it's just, it's just, it's, there's no drama to it. It's just one breath and it's, that's it. And, uh, and it wasn't just not at all what I had expected. Right. So it sounds like there was some peace about it and you felt. Oh, yeah. That oh, father- yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, you know, here's an, a, a kind of an interesting side note, which I do dramatize in the film a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, my father, uh, you know, he was he was getting ready to go and we were all, you know, there. And uh, I called my brother 
who at the time worked, you know, downtown. They were in outside of Washington, D.C. We're in Arlington, Virginia. And uh, I called my brother and I said, you got to get over here right now. And, you know, it's happening fast. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, jumps in the car, drives through bad traffic, and he gets there while my father is passing. He, he does a breath and we think he's gone. And my brother, I hear my brother pulling up outside. Wow. And um, I turned to my dad, who I thought was already gone. And I said, dad, Rob's here. Oh. He, started, he started breathing again. Wow. Isn't that something? I mean, we, yeah, I, people have a lot more control than I think that, that... It's absolutely amazing that he held on until your and he, brother... And he waited until my brother came in, and then he stopped breathing a second time. And that That's was incredible. it. Yeah. So given that you had this profound experience and you, you were there, what was it like after? And what have you found has helped you, um, in, you know, in your grieving process? Well, you know, I mean, uh, it's hard to say, you know, I mean, I, I imagine if my father had been a lot younger, it would have been a lot more difficult or if he, mm-hmm. had, if he had passed from um, an illness or a disease, you know, cancer or something like that. I think it would have been a little more difficult. But that being said, um, you know, uh, the first week or so for me, it was just sort of, I was just sort of taking care of the technical stuff of, you know, dealing with funeral homes and, you know, and all, and, but, but then after that, I just, I would just sit at home and I would just think about life mm-hmm. with him. And, uh, you know, I, I never, you know, I broke down and cried when he passed mm-hmm. as did my brother and, and my wife and all of us, you know, but um, for the rest of the time, it was more of an introspective thing where I was just, you know, I would just sit there and think about like these moments in our lives um, you know, some of them, uh, you know, were things that my father and I discussed, you know, while he was there after a while, you know, he had, he was so far gone, you really couldn't chat, mm-hmm. but in the beginning we did. And I kind of went over a lot of that stuff. And, and to this day, uh, you know, I, I think about him. I think about my mom, you know, I mean like daily. And how, it's not- how long, how long have your parents been dead? Uh, my, my mother passed in 2004. So 2004, it's been, okay. And then my dad passed in 2012. 2012. Um, so you're, you're, you're an orphan. I am an orphan. Is it, is it weird to think of yourself that way or not? Or that you don't have parents on the earth? I mean, I think that's one of the things that's interesting about losing a parent. Oh, that's You've interesting. You've never known the world without your parents in it. That's really, that's an interesting thought. I, um, um, I hadn't thought of that, but you're right. I mean, I, um, uh, but I will say this, like in the film, uh, there is the, the brother and sister who just are just completely at odds with each other. Um, there's a moment in the film where the sister says to the brother, you know, after dad's gone, it's just you and me, you know that, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the brother is like, oh my God, I got to spend the rest of my life with her. You know, he's like, <laughs> great. <laughs> I... But. But you're right. There, there is this, um, there's this thought. I think I had that thought more when they were alive than, than after they were gone. Um, but, uh, you know, so it's thinking, like... Thinking about them getting older and thinking about that eventually they would die, you kind of... Oh, would, my God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially when you could really start to see, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's age-related problems that your parents have. Right. Um, but uh, you really start to see it um, when they really start 
you know, forgetting things or mm -hmm. having difficulty walking or, you know, they can't get out of the chair and you realize, oh my God, this is going to be happening soon, right. you know, or, or this is going to be happening in a very short period of time. And how am I going to deal with this? Mm -hmm. um, but you do. And, uh, you know, and, you know, you, you think it's going to be harder, you know, than it is, but, uh, but then all of a sudden you just, you know, at least in my case, you know, you just sort of, you know, pull up that strength and, you know, you just say, you know, you know, the, the, both my parents, you know, fortunately passed in, you know, the way I would hope the way that mm -hmm. they wanted. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and you did the best for them that you could. Right. And, and it sounds like you go back to those memories and remember the good times and say, and they also had a, a, a good life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, you know, they both had hard lives. They were right. both, you know, uh, they both were, uh, immigrants. Um, right. but, uh, uh, you know, and had, you know, difficult beginnings coming from another country when they were mm -hmm. children. Um, you know, and, and that sort of, you know, uh, colored their worldview about a lot of things. Right. Um, but, uh, uh, but overall, I think that, yeah, I think that they were, you know, um, I think they were satisfied in the end with their lives and, you know, you know, good and bad in every life, you know, but uh, I think that, that, yeah, I think that they were, and I, I also believe that they were happy with um, my brother and I. Uh, That's great. And, and, uh, and you their legacies that they left on the earth. Yeah. For those out there that are watching that have lost the parents and are really struggling, what would you say to them? The simplest one is that it does get better and that you do end up uh, uh, remembering the good times uh, mm -hmm. and remembering, you know, the, the, the touching times with your, you know, you know, the, the moments, you know, these little flash of moments that make you laugh and, or you roll your eyes and they go, oh, dad, oh, mom, you know roll with it. You know, I mean, if you do need to break down, you know, break down, it's okay. You know, I mean, if you do need to talk to a, a brother or a sister or some other relative that was close to them, you know, and spend an evening talking about, you know, a particular aspect of their personality, you know, do it. I mean, it, uh, like I know that my brother and I, we, we talk often about both of my parents and, I you know, know, the good and the bad. Uh, mm -hmm. and you know, the things that, you know, they had difficulties with and the things that they were they, they had a lot of strength in. And, uh, I, I do think that, that, um, you know, talking to someone close, not to just a coworker or something like that, but somebody who can really relate, mm -hmm. uh, I think is really important. So, so Mike, give us the name of your film again and tell us where we can get it and where people can watch it. Well, uh, we, we just went on iTunes, but we're also on Amazon. So Amazon, mm -hmm. Amazon prime and uh, iTunes in the U.S. and internationally. Great, and it's called Nothing To Do. Nothing To Do. And, and I watched the trailer, and I'm definitely going to watch it because it sucked me in, and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to watch this. This looks really good. Well, I will tell you, uh, you know, I had mentioned this before our interview, that, you know, we were, last year we were at, um, I don't know, maybe 15 festivals mm -hmm. um, all over the U.S., and um, one of the, the most common themes of that is uh, after the screenings, people would come up to either me or some of the actors, uh, and they would want to discuss their experience with their parent uh, at mm -hmm. the end. Uh, we, it was really, really touching. We were actually in uh, Buford. We were in a screening in Buford, South Carolina, and uh, 
we were there on a Friday. The, the film screens on a Friday, but we stayed through the weekend to watch some other films and and enjoy the town. It's a beautiful little town. And um, we were just walking down the street, and people would come up. I was like, "Oh, I was in the theater. I saw your film." And then they would go into my mom or my dad. That's they, wonderful. And they would talk about it. And one one guy was getting a little misty talking about his experience with a parent. You know, it's something we're all going to go through. And, and it's, it's some, something that sometimes people don't talk to anybody about. I know because you like you assume it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, and so why should you go into, you know, disc have a major discussion about the loss of a parent? But it's such a major thing. It's it's you yes. know, you're losing your first loved one. I you know, agree it's it's you. it's huge. Yeah. And often losing losing the person that you wanted to make most proud of you. That's very true. Right? So you you want you, you were so that. happy that your parents saw what you became in life. Right. Right. You know. Well, that's, so, that, that's absolutely true. Everybody out there, please go watch Nothing to Do. And this is Dr. Heidi Horsley at opentohope.com. Please visit us and sign up on Apple Podcasts to hear more of these kind of interviews. And I just wanted to remind everybody, please lean on my hope and Mike's hope until you find your own. Thank you. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.